Hi, Nancy Carmichael here, your humble misfit host, and I want to personally welcome you to the Isle of Misfits podcast, where we are all about owning our awkward, loving our fellow misfits, and looking for beauty and truth in all the weirdness of life. I'm so glad you're here, and I know you're going to love today's guest. How do I know? Well, you're here, so you've trusted me so far, so you might as well stick around to find out. So, how busy are you these days, my misfit friends? I'm asking you that question for a reason. Oh, yeah, there's always a reason here in the Isle of Misfits. And uh, so here's the thing. It's not often that we get to speak to a bona fide Canadian here in the Isle. And I know that seems like it has nothing to do with the topic. Oh, but it does. And today we are in for a treat. And not just because our guest is Canadian, although they are quite lovely people and very polite in my experience. (laughs) The treat is that we get to speak to someone who quite literally is here to help us with our overpacked, overscheduled, busy, busy lives. Her name is Melinda Fuller. And aside from being a featured writer for publications like Relevant Magazine, Proper Women, Thrive Moms, she is the author of a brand new book called Obedience Over Hustle. And I am so excited to talk to her about that today. So, Welcome to the Isle of Misfits, Melinda. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, I got to tell you, I'm I'm hip to this to this jive that you got going on. I need help. So, and I didn't think I did, but we'll get more into that later. So, yeah. I hope yeah. So, I hope that's not putting too much pressure on you. This whole claim that you're here to help not, us with overcommitted lives. Yeah. Okay. Do what I can. <laughs> all right, because it wouldn't be fair for me to promise that you're going to pick up the slack for all of us, right? That's not... No, right. no, no. All right, so you're, not, all right so you're not hiring yourself out as a, as a personal assistant. No. Okay, all right. I just had to get that on the table, so we've cleared it. Okay, but we clearly need some help. And I'm speaking for myself, but dare I say, I think I'm speaking for a whole lot of people out there and... Um, Maybe you get this, too, because you wrote a book about it. But before we get into it, I thought we need to find out a little bit about you and how busy you really are, because, you know, there's a certain amount of authority that goes with this book writing business. So I have this little tradition with new guests. Basically, I like to call it a stupid game. And your game today, if you're not too busy to take it, is to take a quiz that I scoured the internet finding called How Busy Are You? Okay. Okay. I'm game. Let's do it. You're game. Okay. So it's a multiple choice. I'm right on that page now, so we're going to do it. So, all right. Here we go. I'm starting the quiz. Question number one. How many items are on your to-do list? How many items on your to-do list are marked as urgent? All of them, half of them, or none of them? Um, half. Okay. Do you often find yourself saying yes when you know you should say no? No. Okay. Like never. Well, not never, but okay. more, more frequently, no. Okay. All right. I'm going to say not really. All right. Do you find yourself running around as soon as you get out of bed in the morning? Yes, no, or sometimes? No. No. Not, okay. u- no, not usually. Okay. 
How do you fill a day off from work? Here's your choices. Catching up on work projects, working on your hobbies, running errands, or relaxing. Relaxing. Ooh, all right. What is your go-to self-care activity? Working out, taking a hot bath, reading quietly, pampering yourself, or what's self-care? Reading quietly. Okay. Very good. It, and would, just, yeah. it would be something else, but I don't have a bathtub right now, so that might be it if I had a bathtub at my disposal. <laughs> okay. So we'll, all right. Well, yeah. And they didn't give you, there should have been an other category, but right. yeah. But reading works. Reading works for me. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. You could read in the tub, actually. Right. If, you know, yeah. Just don't get the book wet and definitely right. don't, yeah, don't take an electronic in there. <laughs> um, so, all right. How often do you miscalculate how long activities will take? Always, sometimes, or never? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, or sometimes to more often than not. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a break and say sometimes. Okay. Um, do you constantly find yourself saying things like, as soon as, or maybe when I get this done, things will get better, that kind of thing? Do you do that all the time, every now and then, or almost never? Every now and then. Okay. All right, just keeping it real. Uh, so do you do things because you should or because you want to? Both. Both. Okay. Oh, all right. So, you know what? It says it depends on the situation. So, I'm going to give you that one. There you uh, go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, I think we're coming in for landing here. Do friends or family ever complain that you don't have enough time for them? No. Okay. Wow. All right. So, here we're calculating your results. Waiting, waiting. Okay. You want to know? This is what it says. This is quiz due, by the way, that you can look up for yourself. Uh, quizdoo.com. On a scale of 1 to 10, Melinda, you are a 50 on the busyness scale. So you are smack dab in the middle. While you might, yeah, while you might not be busy every day, most days of the week, you're busier. Well, it says, all right, so yeah, so you're right in the middle. So how, how do you feel about that? Does that jive with you? Yeah. Because I think that even if you are not running around in a, in a frantic pace every day, there's still things that keep you busy, you know, like I homeschool my kids, I'm working, my husband's working, we have commitments, um, there's errands to do and laundry and cooking and all of those things. So while those aren't uh, wants to do's, they're have to do's and while they don't exhaust me, there's still things that have to get done and they're a part of our day-to-day lives. So I think being in the middle is good. It's the difference between being exhausted and being slothful. So. Got it. Right. I, because I feel good about the middle. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I feel good that you feel good. And, you know, the thing is we are living in the real world, right? Cool. I mean, this is, yeah, we have stuff to do. There's laundry that does need to get done every right. now and then. So, so yeah, so... And and I think this is a good way to segue into really what you're here to talk about, which is, okay, what is reasonable? Because there's a term that actually kind of came up when I was uh, learning a little bit about you in your book, unnecessary busyness. Let's start there. What what are you talking about, unnecessary busyness? I think, so for me, it means saying yes to everything out of a feeling like I have to, either people-pleasing or feeling like my worth as a person or my purpose in life is somehow connected to how often I say yes to people and commit myself to things. Um, So one of the questions that you just asked in the quiz is like, when you take a day off of work, what do you do? And the first option was, I catch up on work projects. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, 
we just went in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. If like, if it's a, a a question of taking a day off of work, then why would I fill that with more work? And I think it's definitely a Western problem that we, you know, wake up in the morning, log into our computers or grab our phones, work for a couple hours, then go to the office or our place of business, do eight to 12 hours worth of work, then come home, log back on, continue working, and then spend our Saturdays and Sundays, you know, toggling between running my kids around, doing errands, uh, doing fulfilling all of my obligations and volunteer and my side business and all of these things. And there's really very little rest, like actual soul Sabbath is what we call it at our home, where we are doing things that tend to our souls and our spirits as well as our bodies and our minds. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just were talking about how we, you know, we, we go to work and, you know, eight to, you know, eight, plus hours of work. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, but what's so interesting to me, and I'm not the first person to think of this, but, you know, we have all this technology that was supposed to make our lives, like, so much easier, right? Convenience, right. and we're supposed to free up our time, right? So what, what happened with that? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't necessarily think that what we're living in right now is a new problem, you know, this idea that we have to keep up and we have to, that we're missing out if we're not, connected and online or whatever it's just that the you know the mediums have changed so one of the one of the bible stories that i really dig into in the book is this idea of the fear of missing out and it goes all the way back to the garden of eden like it was the one of the very first stories that we're introduced to in the bible is this idea that eve has that she's missing out on something else that's better and it's the the whispers that she hears is well don't you do you think that god would really care if you just did this like mm. don't you think that god wants you isn't it your right and your freedom mm. oh, boy, to, oh boy. to go after what it is that you want and so i don't think that technology is the problem um, cause it's great. It's a tool and it's an asset that, and I, I think it's a heart thing. And that's really what I'm writing to, um, writing towards, um, in the book is this idea that it's our hearts that are striving and we can strip all away all of the technology and we can, you know, say no to all these things. And if our hearts are battling discontentment, um, and if they're insecure and if they're constantly feeling like they need to measure up, then it doesn't matter what the exterior looks like in our lives. It's, it's an internal issue. Oh, man. And I think that's so important what you just said, because, you know, I, I mentioned technology and it's true. It's a real thing that we that that we battle with. Right. You know, phone addiction. Oh, and all yeah. That. But what you said is so important because it's like, oh, it's the phone's fault. If it wasn't for this stupid phone. Yeah. But maybe not maybe it's what is it about me that i have this dependence on it why do i have to check it a hundred times in a day or you know whatever so i agree with you yeah it's something's going on in our hearts that we maybe don't always tend to because we're too busy right right we're distracted for sure yeah yeah okay so you know and the other thing you talked about this fear of missing out oh my gosh yes (laughs) yes yeah so and it goes all the way back to Eve, as you so aptly pointed out, that, oh, what 
well, gosh, I, I hate to miss out on that. I mean, right. you know, everybody else, right? Or everybody else right. in the garden or, you know, whatever. Yeah, oh, God's but, yeah. holding out on me. God's holding right. out on me. There's something better, and and I, I have the right to go after it. And so I think it's super parallel to how a lot of us live our life. So, Wow. And why do you think, like, what what is it in us that that just... Is 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 it a comparison thing? Is it a I don't know. What do you what do you think's going on there? I think it's not believing that God like taking God at his word, right? For a lot of people, they it's the I have to do this for myself because I don't actually trust God to take care of me. And so for for me, that's the introduction of the book because I gave up my day job because God asked me he said, you're doing too many things, so you need to give something up. And he asked me, are you your provider, Melinda, or am I your provider? Mm-hmm. And I, I've grown up in the church my whole life, and so my pre-programmed response is, oh, of course you're my provider, Lord. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but really, like you're trusting in your own ability to put money in the bank every month. And so I want you to learn to trust me, to obey me. And, and I think that's what it is for a lot of people, it's we say that we believe that God's a good God and he'll take care of us. And we pray prayers or we expect things for other people. But when it comes to actually believing that and walking those things out for ourselves, it's a totally different story. Yeah. You know what? Uh, that's uh, it's hitting some buttons with me right there. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's just so easy to believe for somebody else. Like, well, yeah. of course, God is good. I can see it all over. Well, can't you open your eyes and see the good things that are all around you? But um, I think often it's easier to see it for other people. And for whatever reason, we we forget and we need lots of reminding that that same thing we see in so and so is true about us. We just maybe our our filters are off or you know the the lenses that we're seeing through need some yeah. cleaning. Yeah, and I think um it's just believing like that God's word and like that God and his word is eternal and it's unchanging. So just because God provided for me yesterday or last month or last year doesn't mean that he doesn't have enough for me today or for tomorrow or for the future. And just because he's blessing somebody else doesn't mean that he suddenly has a lack and there isn't enough for me. And I think that's where our, a lot of our striving comes from. It's, well, God's blessed somebody else. So therefore I have to work harder because, you know, he's short now and he doesn't have enough to take care of me. Mm, and, yes. and, and that's not the Bible. Like, um, I need to, I need to know the reference. I don't know the reference, but, um, in the New Testament where Jesus is saying to a group of people, like, how many of you, if your kids come to you and ask for bread, you're going to give them a stone? Like, how much more does the Heavenly Father want to take care of you? And, like, for me, that's something that I've really learned to embrace in the last couple years is this idea that God's my Father. His perspective is better than mine. He knows better than I do what I need. And He is never going to run out. Like, it's not like he's good on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and on the other days he's not. Like, he's good all the time. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like, he has storehouses with which he wants to bless my life. And just because he blessed me yesterday doesn't mean that he is not going to, isn't willing, isn't able 
like he will bless me in the future. And it's learning to really, um, not just speak that, but walk that out. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been learning lately. (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good lifelong lesson. I think I'm, I'm in the middle of learning that and I think I've learned it and then I learn it all over again. Oh, for uh, sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, like you said, he has unlimited resources and not just stuff, not just cattle and hills and minivans, if that's what you're, you know, whatever, whatever, but unlimited patience, unlimited grace, unlimited ears to listen to the, you know, even, yeah, I know we went through this yesterday, but I can talk to you about it again today. And there's some, I don't know, it's kind of ironic you know, because you're talking about this unlimited God with his unlimited resources. And yet we, our striving comes from what I think is a scarcity mentality. Yeah, That's absolutely. what you're describing. You know, and scarcity says there's not enough. I need more. So the irony to me is we overfill our lives with too much stuff and stress because we think there's not enough. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's kind of like, hmm, wait a minute, there's a disconnect there. <laughs> those, those two things don't go together. Right, absolutely. And it's, um, I think a lot of it, the discontentment is is driving everything because we are, because of the connectedness that we have online, we're always, you know, side glancing at what somebody else is doing or what somebody else has or the blessings that somebody else has received and we're constantly trying to measure up and, if God can't do that for me, then I'm just going to have to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think maybe part of why we're not even aware, because I, I think it's fair to say a lot of the time we aren't even aware of this dynamic that's going on. Right. Because of the busyness, right? There's no time right. to think about this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's why, like, for us, Sabbath. Like really embracing the idea of Sabbath and stopping and slowing down um, has been very helpful for our family the last, I'd say, couple years, but really in the last six months. So for us, that means being intentional the day before. And our Sabbath day floats just based because we work like in a church environment. Um, so it's not always, oh, the yeah. same. you church people, you're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know that because I, I was on a church staff too. So, I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. And we're traveling. And so, um, so our family actually lives in a trailer as of about a month ago. So we sold our house, sold like 75, 80% of everything we owned and our, ah, so you're minimalist. Yeah, so we live in like a 42-foot trailer and we're traveling right now. Still both working, my husband and I, and, you know, doing the homeschool thing. But so obviously our Sabbath day shifts. But what that looks like is I cook the day before. We run errands the day before. We um, we don't entertain on Sabbath unless it's people who are actually life-giving to us. So we don't entertain or host out of obligation. And this goes back to before we were living the nomadic life. Um, we we try to stay off our devices. If we watch a movie, it's a sit-down. We're going to watch a movie as a family. Um, and then everybody gets individual time to just quiet read, take a bath, go for a walk, get in nature, whatever it is that kind of fuels us. And it's not spending the day catching up on everything else. Like I take a nap if I want to, we sleep in, um, we're not doing house chores. 
we're not on social media, um, and we're just really trying to embrace this idea of stopping. And I think when we do that, um, it it's just like the checks and balances in your life and makes us realize how hard we've been running the other days of the week and helps us realign for the following week. Like, what do we need to do moving forward? So that's just like a practical thing that our family has tried to adopt recently. Okay, so there's three things that I pulled out of that. So the first one, you talked about preparation. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. What a concept. What if we actually prepared beforehand? Um, Yeah. And with that comes, like you said, intentionality. Yeah. So it's not just about being rigid. Like, I love what you said, like life giving. So it reminds me of the scripture, right? Where I think in Corinthians, where it talks about the spirit of the law over the letter of the law, right? right? For the the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So it's not like, and and the third thing is, it's not just a lack of activity. It's life giving activity. So I love that. So that's different for every person, right? Um, and, and we know what, like, and, and it's changes seasonally depending on what kind of, you know, week or month you've had or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just, I've spent a lot of time just researching what it is that, how Sabbath started, how modern day Jewish people still celebrate Sabbath and how I want my kids to understand that this isn't just a day where we go to church and then well, the rest of the day looks like every other day of the week and it's still frenzied and they're, we're still exhausted. Like life is supposed to be lived out of that first day, that day that fills you up. And when you're living out of that, then you have more than enough for the rest of the week. It's not the day where you're so exhausted and so wiped out where you're just like in front of the TV for eight hours, Netflix binging something. It's, it's the fuel in the beginning, and from that, that's where your week flows out of. So not just zoning out, but I, I just have to go back to that thing about life-giving, you know, things yeah. that, that give you life. Wow, yeah. what what a concept. Sabbath. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, if God took a day after creating the world, and then it was important enough to be carved in stone for the Ten Commandments, like, clearly this is not a new idea, and or one that God's, like, changed his mind on. Like, it's something that is that our, our spirits, like our souls, as well as our bodies and our minds need. And, um, the people that I know who do it really well, they're just like, there's no way I'm ever going back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got to tell you a little story about me. So, uh, for a while we were, we were at a church that, um, because of shared space could only meet Sunday evenings at five, five o'clock. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness, what a paradigm shift. So you know what that meant? We had Sunday mornings to yeah. relax as yeah. a family and go for a walk or go to breakfast or enjoy it. Like, like you said, like, like life-giving activity that was relaxed and not hurried. And I'm not here, you know, I know, you know, church culture, I'm not trying to no, be down it. on that. I get it. Most church has to happen, you know, on Sunday morning, which is great. And I was a part of that. And, and now I'm back in that culture and it's wonderful. But I got to tell you, this whole thing about Sabbath, I liked it because it's like, oh, so that's what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. 
yeah, we had a couple years stint um, where my husband was working all of the services, but me and the ki- my kids, we did an evening service every week, and it was so great because that morning, you know, dad had to go to work, but um, we got to you know, sleep in, have pancakes, hang out in your pajamas. So that was really great. And then we took the next morning to do like family slow down Sabbath. So that was good as well. Oh, there's something about it. So this is this is good, good stuff because yes. again, it's about being intentional, putting some yes. thought into it. Yeah. Not not just a lack of activity. Um yeah. What 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 would happen if we all just kind we of all live this that. way. Yeah. <laughs> How different yeah. would our world be? Absolutely. So, Melinda, I have so much more that I want to talk to you about. So <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, but I want people to know where they can where they can find you, how they can get this book. And then yeah. I'm just going to shamelessly ask you, like, I would love to have you back because there's, there's things I, I still want to <laughs> talk to you about. One of them is radical obedience. And mm. we don't have time to get into that today. But... I, I think we, you know, I know I want to talk about it, so I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Um, so the book is available pretty much anywhere that you can get Christian books. As far as retailers go, Amazon, Barnes & Noble has it, Lifeway, obviously, and then online you can get it at Target and Walmart, which that's pretty exciting. That um, is exciting. Yeah. Online, um, MelindaFuller.com or ObedienceOverHustle.com, and then on social media, just at Melinda.Fuller, and I tend to be on Instagram more than anything, so that's where you can find me. Most excellent. Well, I know lots of people are going to want to find you because, again, this is a topic that that hits near and dear to home for many yeah. of us. So thank you so much for your thoughts. I think they were really helpful for me. So I know that that's true for anyone who's listening and, and truly would love to have you back and, and talk more because I know you have a lot more to say. All right, let's do, let's do that. I think that'd okay. be a great idea. Yay. All right, then. Okay. Happen. So, all right. Well, Melinda, blessings to you. Thanks again for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we've got to have her back because, yeah, the topic is, as they say, timely. The book is Obedience Over Hustle, and you can get it anywhere you get your books. And you can find Melinda at Melinda Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R dot com. And did you know, you can also subscribe to this here podcast and even my blog all at once by going to Isle of Misfits, that's I-S-L-E of Misfits.com, where you never know who's going to show up to help teach us how to own our awkward, love our fellow misfit, and look for beauty and truth in all the weirdness of life. So I hope to meet you there. Rearrange me.